Welcome to Radio Worldview. I'm August Huckabee. The Radio Worldview podcast exists to teach students to live and think with a biblical worldview so that they can serve Christ and lead the culture. Tune in every week for perspectives on the arts, current events, and how to apply a biblical worldview to every aspect of reality. Thanks so much for joining us. Hope you enjoy the show. All right, welcome back on the podcast, Bill. Hey, good, good to be here. Yeah, it's good to have you. Thanks for uh, being with us. We had some technical difficulties, so we're going to see if this one will work <laughs> this so I, time. So I'm no longer number one in the podcast You're not. world. Yeah, Jeff got ahead of you, I yeah. think, unfortunately. So he's, he's the number one podcast for this season. He is, for now. Yeah, yeah. I always take a back seat. I know, yeah. sorry. I get, I'm the Rodney Dangerfield of worldview. I yeah. get no respect. Mm-hmm. That was a good impression. It's <laughs> <Thanks. laughs> probably one of the most commonly done impressions of all time. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, so we're uh, we're kicking off something new today, aren't we? Yes. Yeah, we have a new project, so we're going to have kind of two segments. The first segment, we'll talk a little bit about what the new project is. Second one will kind of be the second segment will kind of be the first step of that project. So, um, talk to me a little bit about what this is looking like. Well, one of the things that makes uh, Worldview at the Abbey, Worldview Bridge, or unique, is that it's not just a gap year program that focuses on academics. It's we take and put feet on what we're teaching. So in our worldview and apologetics class, we take our students out periodically to the public park here in Canyon City, which is right across the street from the high school, the public high school. And we have our students engage high school students in conversation, sharing their faith, talking about issues of the day uh, during the students, the high school students' lunch hour because it is an open campus which means that students are free to leave campus and oftentimes you'll find students hanging out in the park or making their way through the park a couple of blocks to a fast food place to get lunch yeah so it's just a great opportunity for us to have our students do a practicum if you will totally mm-hmm. one of the uh, one of the problems we faced is that we can't penetrate the building itself. Yeah, we can't go on campus. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so we want to uh, we want to kind of accentuate what's going on in the park by having high school students return to the campus to the building and carry on the conversations we've started yeah. in classrooms with teachers with fellow students. And so it's this. This accomplishes that. Mm-hmm. It penetrates the building. Yeah. It provokes conversations, and it promotes the gospel. Right. So <clears throat> we've we've set up this project, and it's it's purposeful <laughs> and it's powerful. Oh boy. <laughs> it's, it's pointed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to we're gonna we're gonna be handing out a card. And the question will be, you know, five questions that your teacher doesn't want you to ask. Right. Five and this is going to be your, a series. It's right? going to be a series. Your yeah. English teacher, your history teacher, your science teacher. Mm-hmm. Five questions your teacher, your English teacher, does not want you to ask. Yeah. And so there'll be five questions. The answers will be on the reverse side of that card. Mm-hmm. And then there will be a follow-up question the students high school students can ask of their teachers. Right. So we think this will 
will expose the censorship that's occurred over the years, right? Specifically of one book, and that's the Bible. Yeah, and one ideology, which is the Christian faith. Yeah, Christians are illegal on campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would, people would say, no, that's not true. Right. But you got to keep your faith over here in the church. Mm-hmm. Well, if the Bible is true, and if the Christian faith is a is a comprehensive worldview, which it is, then it applies everywhere. The Christian faith and God's Word, God's revelation applies in history class, in science class, in economics class. But it has been expelled. God has been expelled from the schools, and the Bible has, is the most censored book in America. Yeah. Because it's considered to be illegal and immoral mm-hmm. to bring the Bible in the classroom. This, this project gives the opportunity for Christian students to step up and ask questions that they haven't been thinking about of their teachers. And it will expose either that teachers are lying to them or innocently ignorant Mm -hmm. of their own subject, which is a condemnation upon their education, or they're merely afraid of addressing this most influential piece of literature in Western civilization, the most influential piece of of literature in science and history and art, ethics, in art, in all of these areas. Philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's what this series is going to be about. And kind of like you mentioned, I'll just reiterate, it's really exciting because I think this is the first time that I'm really aware of that we're able to give a tool to a student to actually take into the classroom that they can apply directly. Right. Um, and we're going to try to talk a little bit about how to best do that. But I know a lot of the things we've said before, like organize an evangelism group at your school, um, that can be a daunting task, right, for a student. Or maybe they don't know who to talk to or they don't know how to best influence their friends to make that happen. But this, a student can do it on their own, right? Correct. And all they have to do is wait for the proper moment to engage a conversation with their classroom. And by the way, this isn't just with their schools. Like, it is designed for their schools. But if you have an evangelism group, um, like I had an evangelism group at my college, and this can be a tool that you use with them. Um, It can be somewhere at the the Baptist Student Ministry. You just pass it out to all of your friends there, and they can have their own conversations about it. Um, It doesn't just have to be something that is to people who don't know Christ, it can be something to your friends in, in Christianity as well. So the, there's a lot of really great applications right. for where and, we and can it's, go. And it goes beyond evangelism. That always seems to be a daunting task. Yeah. But also it, it sets in students' minds there's a difference between what I do at school and what I'm doing at church. Right. And I'm trying to bring church on campus by doing evangelism. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're nervous about that. This is an academic approach. Yeah. This yeah. is... Why are we not studying the book that is the central book of all history? Right. That every piece of literature in Western civilization is dated mm-hmm. according to this book. Right. Why mm-hmm. are we not studying the, the person who's the central figure of this book yeah. in our history class? You know, why are we not studying how science is the legitimate daughter of Christianity. Sure. So it, it's not it's not a a religious outreach. It's not even a, a, a an a, a evangelism outreach. Mm-hmm. It's an academic 
penetration into uh, that public school Absolutely. that has tried to censor the most influential book in all of history and yeah. and and really to lie to students and that's sad yeah so sad. when i say that a teacher may be innocently ignorant i i was that mm-hmm. but i was also afraid when i was teaching that i was doing something immoral or illegal if i mentioned the bible right academically not devotionally academically yeah and so we want to bring the power of God's Word back into the classroom. But we're not talking about devotional. We're not talking about an evangelism. We're talking about academics. Right, right. Good. All right. So let's uh, move into the next segment, which is this first tool. Right? Sure. So just discuss uh, the first one we put together is five questions your English teacher. Five questions your teacher English teacher does not want you to ask. Yeah. Okay, good. So, uh, lay them on me. Okay. Where are we going? Well, and we're going to center, of course, on God's Word. Yeah. And so, what is the number one best-selling book of all of history? What is the number one book that college and university English professors say that students should read before they enter college? What has is the is the book that has been translated into the most languages, uh, more languages than any other book? What was the first book ever translated? What was the first book ever printed on a movable type printing press? And the first book that was read in outer space? Mm. And then what book has been quoted by presidents in speeches more than any other book? Yeah. And of course the answer is uh, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, and yes, the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, then students can take this. We're, we're going to have our students just blitz a distribution of yeah. this. Just pass them out as students are returning from lunch and going back onto the campus, back into the building. Yeah, There will be students who will read this and they may drop it on a table. Mm-hmm. It's going to be picked up by somebody else right? because the design is going to be catchy. Yep. They might students. leave it on their college professor's desk, right. their teacher's desk. Right. The shyest Christian student can take five of these onto his public school campus and after class is dismissed and everybody has left the room and the teacher's turning around erasing the dry erase, the whiteboard, can look around and drop one on a desk next to him and in one day can pass out five of these. Totally. Easy. So you can be bold and pass them out as students are entering the building or you can be surreptitious mm-hmm. and just kind of sneak them around. Yeah. So that then conversations will arise. Right. Where did this, where did this yeah. come from? What is this? Yeah. yeah. Or the are they we're kind of appealing to the rebellious nature of students. Yeah. Was, hey, teach, I got this. What uh-huh. do you think of this? Yeah. And then the bowl students can ask the follow up question, which is also on the bottom of the card where the answers are. And the question is, teach, why don't we study the greatest piece, the most influential piece of literature in Western civilization in our literature class? Yeah. Right. Why <laughs> it gives this the Christian up? teacher the opportunity to step up. Mm-hmm. It it forces a conversation on why we're not studying this most censored book. Yeah, and so there are, there's a multi level opportunity here. Yeah, uh, and it's very purposeful in its its presentation. Yeah. So in a classroom setting, um, how might a student bring this up during a conversation? Right. A student so. can instantly bring it up by saying, "Hey, teacher, I got this handed to me. You know, on the way into the building." Yeah. Right. Or I found this sitting on a, on the table in the cafeteria. Did you see this? Did yeah. you see this? What mm-hmm. do you think of this? Yep. 
Yeah, and I think another way, um, if you're going to talk to your English professor or your teacher, I guess, is you could just say like, hey, um, can we have a discussion? Like, what do you think is the greatest piece of literature ever written? And because here's the deal. I think English teachers, most of them, they like that stuff, right? They like to think about reading and books sure. and what the ideas behind it. So you as a student asking that question, hey, hey, what do you think is the best piece of literature ever written, um, engages them, shows initiation as a student in something that they care about, and starts probably, you could start a classroom discussion based on that one question if they right. haven't asked it yet. Um, and then you can get into, well, what makes great literature, right? So what's the best one? That opens up the can of worms of what what makes great literature. What makes for the best piece? Is it the most people who've read it? Is it the most number of copies sold? Whatever that is. And then the third question is, oh, the Bible is the answer to most copies ever sold, most languages ever translated, first one ever on the printing press. Like all of these things that academically speaking are legitimate points of um, greatness, right? It meets all of them. So it's a great... You can segue into that, and even if you as a student are in that situation and they ask you, what do you think is the greatest piece, if you've started that conversation, you can say the Bible, and here's why. You know, you don't have to just say, because the Bible tells me so, or Jesus loves me, this I know. Right. You can say, here's these three, four, five academic facts about Scripture that make it legitimately the best piece of literature ever put together. So it takes away this idea of a privatized personal religion. Yeah. This is a very public book. Mm-hmm. It has had impact throughout the culture yeah. in all areas. And so it gives confidence to the Christian student that he can bring up the Bible unashamedly, boldly, that it is done in an academic setting. It's not you're trying to you're trying to you know force your religion on me. Mm-hmm. All I'm talking about is is the stats on yeah. the Bible. I mean, first book read in outer space was December twenty fourth, nineteen seventy eight, in the Apollo eight mission. Yeah. Okay. It was the first book translated from Hebrew into Greek about two hundred fifty BC. Mm. It's it's the first book printed on a movable type printing press on the Gutenberg printing press. Yeah. In fact. The most expensive price paid for a book was paid for a copy of that Gutenberg Bible. And many years ago, that was $2 million. I think it's gone up from there. I'm sure. You know, it's been translated into more languages Mm -hmm. than any other book. To be a bestseller internationally, it must be translated into six languages and uh, sell over, you know, a million copies. This book, the Bible has been translated into over 1,100 languages and dialects, almost 90% of the world's languages, and been and has sold over 2 billion copies. Mm. So it's an international bestseller. Yeah. So it anywhere you turn, the Bible's number one. Yeah. And you can't you can't study great literature you can't study literature in Western civilization unless you understand the Bible. Right. So, right. Uh, You, you one, one um, author, one researcher said that that if you were, if every Bible in any considerable city were destroyed, the book, the Bible, 
could be restored in all its essential parts from the quotations on the shelves of the city public library. Yeah. He said, these works in the public library, covering almost all the great literary writers, devoted especially to showing how much the Bible has influenced them. And that's researcher Dr. McAfee. Dr. Bernard Ram has said, no other book, not all books put together, has so entered into the living stream of human speech and oratory as the Bible. Presidents have quoted from the Bible more than any other book. For example, if you just take a look at uh, Abraham Lincoln okay, and his one speech, his second inaugural address, he quotes directly three Bible verses in full. And this mm. speech lasted four minutes. Wow. Three full Bible verses and refers to two others yeah. in a four-minute speech. You can't understand great literature without understanding the Bible. You can't understand history and how it's been played out unless you understand God's Word and how it's, how it's influenced events in history. So that's why we're putting this out there. We're, we're putting the information on the card, the questions, the answers on the back, that penetrates the building. Mm -hmm. On the card, there will be the opportunity for, for students to do further research by coming to our blogs yep. and our podcast. That's right. And they will receive in the blog the documentation for these facts. For these facts. Yep. So we can't be sloppy about this. We're just not making you know claims out of thin up. air. Right. We're yeah, back and we don't up. want to set students up to fail if they're in a classroom setting like that, right? right? So yeah, like you mentioned, the goal is going to be that we're going to have a blog. We're going to do at least eight of these this semester. Um, we're going to have a blog where we do some academic research. Any facts that we put in there, we'll put those in the footnotes so that any student who's watching this could print that off if they want, have it as a reference point. And then uh, the week after that, we'll do a video like this where we kind of talk through it and discuss it so that we're you know, you can have an idea for how to engage with it within the classroom. And then the week after that, or following after that, we'll be able to print off basically, or you will be able to print off um, this new pamphlet, right? And so yeah. as we come up with different topics and kind of refine those questions as they go through, you, as a, whoever's listening, will be able to follow along and print off the new one if you have one that you want to do as it goes along. And as you pointed out, this this can be done not just in a public high school. It can be done on a college campus. It yep. can be done in the workplace. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. hey, I, hey, I got I got this this card from somebody. See what you think are the answers to these questions. Yeah, absolutely. I think our goal would be, um, well, I don't know exactly what our goal would be, but it would be engagement within the classrooms. So right. remember that story about those girls who. Yeah, one of your favorite stories, right? It is tell, one of my favorite stories. Tell that story real quick, because I think that's that's yeah. the ultimate goal, right? Yeah. Is feet to your faith and a willingness to um, apply. You know? Right. At, at Worldview Academy leadership camps one year, we had two girls who attended, and the, the second year, uh, they came back the next year, and they came up to me and said that we did what you said. I had talked to them to the to the class about. Uh, the issue of uh, creation versus evolution, about the issue of the reliability of Scripture and Genesis on the question of origins. And one of the things I urged them to do was to go interview 
the leadership at the church to see where they stood. These girls did that. They, they called in the youth pastor and they interviewed him on his position on the question of origins, on the reliability of Genesis being true history. They weren't satisfied with his answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they turned around and they called in the head pastor. Head pastor. And they still weren't satisfied with his answers. Mm-hmm. And as a result of them doing research and digging deeply into what their church believed, they said, we can't go here anymore. Yeah, they switched churches. Yeah, they came, they left that church, and they found a church that was biblically centered and biblically based. Yeah. And so, you know, too often we're lazy. Mm-hmm. And too often we just sit in the pew. Yeah. And we, we don't want to take responsibility for our own faith. Yeah. We don't want to take responsibility for our own education. This project allows and encourages, rather, students to take responsibility for their education, to question whether or not they're being lied to, to question whether their their teacher is merely afraid or just innocently ignorant. Mm. One of my favorite stories is years ago, um, there were students who had gone through a series with a buddy of mine who was from another ministry on the question of origins. And they thought, we need, to, we need to address this in our high school. And so they went to their biology teacher, and they said, hey, we really enjoy this class. You, we think you're a good teacher, but we don't think we're getting all the information. Can you give us the view on origins? Can you give us that perspective? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I don't know it. He was an honest teacher. Yeah. He said, I don't know it. They'd already thought that through. They went out to their locker. They brought back a stack of books, mm-hmm. and they handed it to him and said, here, here's all the information. He said, I don't have time to read all that. Mm-hmm. They'd already thought that through. Yeah. So they said, well, we know a guy who can come in if you'll let him come in one day during the semester, and he'll give the opposing view, the other model of origins. Yeah. And being the honest teacher that he was, he did that. Yeah. And so my wow. buddy went in and did this year after year for several years. And then one, one year, the teacher said to my friend Dan, he said, Dan, I don't think I'm going to have you back again. Yeah. Dan said, well, why not? Have I offended you in any way? He said, no. He said, I've been researching this over the past few years. I've come to believe it's true, so I will be presenting mm. both views from now on. Wow. Now, those two students... They they don't they won't know this side of eternity. Yeah. That simply because they had the boldness and the courage to ask for academic freedom, their right to receive information that is pertinent and relevant to the subject matter at hand, that they impacted a generation of students. Yeah. Everybody who takes that class. Yes. Yeah. So and and education came to life because then suddenly every student has to choose. Which yeah. model better fits the scientific evidence? Right. And education comes to life when you have to choose rather than just being spoon-fed right. and having to regurgitate the answers on a test. With no options. With yeah. no options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think that's a pretty great place to end for now. So, uh, like I said, we're really excited to be kicking this off, and um, thanks for thanks for helping spearhead it. No, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're going to do this. Yeah, me too. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for joining us. 
For more information about our Worldview Academy summer camps, go to worldview.org. And for more information about our gap year program for college freshman students, go to worldviewbridgeyear.com. Thanks again. Hope we'll see you soon.